This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Now the snap. Allen looks, looks, fires it downfield. Caught by Dawson Knox at the eight. Dives into the end zone. He is in. Touchdown. Touchdown Buffalo. Dawson Knox was wide open. And he sailed over a defender to get into the end zone. A 24-yard touchdown strike. Plants his foot. Fires one right side. Caught by Diggs at the 30. Cuts up field. Up across the 40. Across midfield into Jets territory. And he's finally knocked out of bounds at the New York Jets 44-yard line. Takes the snap. And Josh, and he gives it to, no, Josh keeps it himself, and he drives forward, and he is in. Touchdown, Buffalo. Josh Allen faked the handoff and ran forward for the five-yard touchdown run. Looks downfield, he is hit. Ball comes out, loose ball around the 45-yard line. It looks like the Bills may have it. They cover up at the 45-yard line, a big pileup of players, and it's Buffalo ball. From the left hash, with the wind at his back, Tyler Bass. Snap is down, Bass is kicked. Long enough, it is up and it is good! It is good! Tyler Bass, Bassomatic! And the Bills lead it now, 20 to seven, with 12.23 left to play in the game. Carter, dodging a few tackles, driving forward, the ball comes out. Let's see, does Milano have it? He does! Milano comes out of it with a football. The hit from DeMar Hamlin jarred the ball loose, and Matt Milano comes up with it. Exactly what the Bills needed. Bills are going to have their fourth straight victory, their second divisional win in a row, get to 2-2 two and two in the division, and they will remain the number one overall seed in the AFC. All right, here we are on a Buffalo Victory Monday. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. Fourth win in a row, sitting atop the AFC Conference at 10-3. And, And, uh, look, may not have been the prettiest victory that you wanted drawn up, but it was a win. And uh, we'll dice it up with you here today for the next three hours on One Bills Live. Welcome in. And... uh, an important division win, Steve, as the Bu- as the Buffalo Bills level their division record this season at two and two after starting in an zero and two hole due to the earlier season losses to the Dolphins and the Jets, both on the road. First division home game in Week fourteen. Hello. Yeah. How the heck is? I mean, I know it's a, there's quirks all around everybody's schedule. That's a weird one, man. It's been a minute. 
Uh, yeah, that it is weird. But, you know, <clears throat> spare me the criticism for the style points. They beat top five defense by eight points, scored 20 points, most of them in the second half of a game that was cruddy weather um, against a really good defensive front. We were talking about this earlier. You got you're starting to notice it now with the particularly not so much with the Patriots but with the Jets and the Dolphins you got to remind yourself there're two teams that were built specifically to beat this team the Buffalo Bills yeah and they got a lot done in this last draft particularly the Jets in this case they're a good football team very good defensively and they've got a good defensive head coach, and they executed really well. And they got some great players. And I'll tell you what, Quinn and Williams going out was a big difference in that game. Yeah, it was and, 0-0 when he left. Yeah. and Two touchdown drives followed shortly thereafter. By that's Buffalo. right. Right As soon as he went out, the Bills ended up in the end zone to, to end the half. So it was, it was a really tough, hard-fought game. And the Bills, you know, finding a way to get it done, uh, which – you know, says a lot about where they're at. I, I thought, I thought they played, I thought they played a really solid football game, particularly defensively and offensively. They did just enough uh, in a bad weather game against a really good defense that was taken away. They got they're built. Per, you can tell the Jets are built to beat the Bills. They got yeah. lockdown corners and they got a really awesome pass rush front mm-hmm. four. I mean, that's that's the recipe right there. Yeah, to stop Josh Allen, uh, I. I neglected to mention what you heard at the top of the show is the Toshiba game Rewind. Toshiba, the official copier company of the Buffalo Bills. Um, we, we have a lot to dive into with this game. Um, there were execution issues on offense. Even Coach McDermott said there were fundamental shortcomings yesterday. You had drop passes. Six of the seven penalties by the offensive line yesterday. Tough day for them, but they're going against a, an elite group. So you understand there might be some infractions here and there from time to time. And there were some errant throws also by Josh. Uh, and I think he'd be the first to tell you that through the course of the game. Um, some of them were throwaways. Like, I got nothing here on throwing it away. Uh, I'm not putting those on him. He's just making a good decision to live for another down. Uh, there were other p- passes that were not on target. And that's going to happen, too. Um, I, I look at the defense, and for me, they were the catalyst for the victory. Uh, Greg Rousseau and Matt Milano, they were the tip of the spear yesterday. I mean, they were – there were others that played well on defense. Don't get me wrong. Those two guys stood out from start to finish. Um, So for me and my money, those two guys were the catalysts for the defensive performance, which was outstanding yesterday. And um, I thought the irony of the fact that those two guys kind of led the charge for the defense, they had back-to-back plays that turned the tide in the football game. Matt Milano comes in, textbook midsection shot on – on Mike, Mike White forces an that forced him out of the football game in addition to an incomplete pass. Joe Flacco comes in on the next play, and Greg Rousseau drills him, forces the fumble. Daquan Jones recovers, and the Bills take that down and put a field goal up, and now it's 17-7 Buffalo. 
right. um, with only about they turn the tide of that football game on those two plays. And um, I don't know if you have a better open field tackler on this team than Matt Milano. You got some good open field tacklers. Jordan Poyer is a good open field tackler. Tremaine Emmons, pretty good open field tackler. Taron Johnson, pretty good open field tackler. Uh, Tredavious White, good open field tackler. Matt Milano's yeah, he's a level above <clears throat> those guys. He he yes, doesn't he miss them. He doesn't miss them. Yeah, it's an it's it's odd when you see him miss a miss a tackle. I think he's had like one missed tackle. You can kind of remember all year. He's um, he's having a fantastic year. So is Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, the defense, no question, keyed the victory yesterday in a game that was a hard-fought game on the Bills' side. The Bills' off- offense, I thought, looked like they'd been off for 10 weeks rather than just 10 days. They were sloppy coming out. Holding penalties, offsides penalties, false start penalties. I mean, uh, drop passes. It was just really, really sloppy in the first part of that game. And, and who knows why that happened, uh, but I think it's a real thing. Uh, but they got it together, and I, and I said this for Josh's sake. He didn't seem to be himself until after he ran a third and 16, picked it up, and flipped over the two defenders to get it done. Uh, after that, first, that was kind of the first hard hit he took all day, and that seemed to settle him down. He used to tell Dable, give me a run play early in the game because I want to get hit so I can kind of calm my nerves. Yeah, um, that seemed to do it for him after that. So I, um, the Bills, and, and I'll say this too, uh, Josh seems to be doing it now a lot. He seems to want to push the ball down the field a lot. And, and you watch these games, and there's easier throws that he could be making in a lot of situations. And he just decides he wants to try and get more yardage. And I think when this offense wants to take a turn for, to be much more potent, I think you're going to see Josh actually getting rid of it quicker to shorter routes. Yeah. Uh, because there are some of those there to be had. And he, he chooses, because of his abilities – chooses to bypass them and get, you know, try and make the bigger play more often than not. Right. Just to put a a bow on Rousseau and Milano, Rousseau has two sacks in the game. He's now at a career single-season high, seven on the season. So he passed his rookie total of five last year. He now has seven on the season. And let's not forget, he's missed some time. He's been out with a high ankle sprain. He missed two games. So he's now played in 11 games, I believe it is. Well, 10 and a half, really, because he only played the first 15 snaps of the first Jets game. Right. Um, seven sacks in about 10 and a half games, you know, with four, down the str- four more down the stretch here. And um, so two sacks, pair of quarterback hits, a quarterback pressure, a tackle for loss, and a batted pass. Milano, who missed the game in week nine against the Jets, Team leading nine tackles, one for loss, two pass breakups, the vicious hit on Mike White that sent him to the locker room for x-rays. I mean, the guy is omnipresent. And Shaq Lawson had a quote after the game that I'm going to read here about Milano. And he said, this is Shaq on Milano. Game changer when we have him. You can tell when we've got Matt Milano on the field. He's flying around, making plays, tackles for loss, hands on the ball. He's all around the ball. So it changes. You, this is Shaq, you see a difference when we don't have Matt Milano and when we've got him. Yeah, 
It, there's no doubt about it. Um, and fans will tell you they can tell a difference. Uh, you, you see him so – and that's the thing. For most fans, casual observers and even, even more experienced viewers like Brownie and myself, he shows up when you watch the game. <laughs> when you watch the Bills on the field, Milano is always in the middle of it. I even more joke. often than not, I'm, 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 I'm exaggerating to make a point. It seems like the guy's always around the ball, always in a, in a key moment, in yeah. a key spot, making a key tackle or a key play. It doesn't happen always, but you miss him when he's not there because it happens so often when he is. I joked with Poyer and Rousseau, who were at the postgame lectern after the game last night. I said, does it seem like there's two Matt Milanos out there sometimes? And Poyer's like, yeah. He's like, Yeah. And Rousseau is just—he said he's—he's he's everywhere. And Rousseau doesn't really get to see a lot of what Milano right. does because it's all happening behind him. But he goes—I watched the tape on Monday. He said it's like, my God, the guy's everywhere, yeah. and he really is. Um, but Rousseau had a game himself. And the other thing too, Steve. You, you, all right, so you have two guys that are kind of the tip of the spear defensively with productive days, but you also had role players making plays. AJ Epinesa comes in. And, and flashes. And this is like the second or third week in a row that he, he gets that late sack last week against New England, comes in, gets the fourth down stop to seal the game at the end. Yesterday also had a sack in the game, right. uh, had a couple other plays. Uh, you had role players making plays in this game too. Shaq, I mean, the guy's having a career revival-type season this year. Mm-hmm. Had a sack yesterday, makes a couple of plays. And I had forgotten about this. Shaq had a little extra motivation yesterday. Did he? Oh, yeah. Because he was on the Jets roster last year. That's right. It's week 18. Jets playing the Bills at the end of the season. Shaq's preparing to play the Bills for the Jets 2021 season, week 18. They cut him on Friday before the game. Unannounced. No warning, nothing. Just cut him on Friday. Yeah. That's why after that sack yesterday – after he does his little high-stepping routine, he's staring at the Jets' sideline, pointing to the field. You're on my field now. You're back here. He was, he, he was jacked to play yesterday, yeah. more than normal. Yeah. That was, uh, so that was fun. I was happy for him. Uh, yeah. I, and how about Rousseau's got seven and a half now um, sacks on the season. Shaq had – I mean Shaq. Vaughn had eight. Um I thought the defense and the and those guys really did step it up a tick because I think they heard that certainly they were highly motivated and you knew they would be. Uh, people they probably got the idea that people were going to expect a drop off when Vaughn left. Guys use that as motivation. Uh, not only do you not have a drop off, you have four sacks on the day. You have like eleven hits on the quarterback, and you bang the guy around like he's a pinata. He's in there getting x-rays halfway through the game. Yeah. Um, and probably a shot. They were, they were highly motivated. The question is now, can they do it again? You know, that's what I think a great player like Vaughn Miller is able to do is week in, week out, you bring it every week. And certainly yesterday was an up, without Vaughn Miller was a huge uptick for right. Epineza, Basham, Rousseau, Ed Oliver. Ed Oliver on one of Rousseau's sacks was directly responsible for it. He flushed... Mike White out of the pocket, and Rousseau got him on the on his first sack after Ed came flying through the line. Mm-hmm. Um, so all those guys played really well. Um, so I'm I, I think that's the real question now. No, no doubt they up they 
took a step forward yesterday. You know, now you got four games left in the regular season of let's, you know, turn it up again. And basically right. is the idea. Um, you referenced the offense, Josh Allen's decision-making. We can get into that a little bit. I thought that coming off of what was his season low performance in week nine against the Jets, that Josh was motivated to prove that he's better than that, even against an elite defense like the Jets, who are ranked fourth in the league coming into the game yesterday. Um, but I felt like there were times where he was trying to get it all on one play instead of taking some of the checkdowns that, again, Ken Dorsey put into the game plan for him. Um, he did it in week nine to give him underneath options. Josh wanted to push the ball down the field against the Jets in week nine, and he paid for it with a couple of interceptions, even said after the game, I played like, insert expletive here. Um, so this time around, I think Josh was extra motivated to kind of make good on what was a down performance, uncharacteristic down performance for him in week nine. The problem was I think his competitive juices sometimes got the best of him. He was trying to take it all in one play instead of moving the ball down the field and staying on schedule on offense. Cause as we said, the checkdowns were there. Um, I felt the vulnerable area of the Jets' defense is coverage at the second level. The linebackers are great in the run front, but they are vulnerable against the pass in the middle of the field because they have trouble running with people, especially running backs that have speed like Cook and Hines. And there were times where those guys were open underneath, Diggs as well, Davis, McKenzie, etc. And he hit those guys a few times. But I think there were other times where Josh said, ah, I'm, I'm going to show these guys. I'm going to chuck it, you know, throw to John Brown as an example, which if, if it's in stride, John Brown probably is in the end zone for a touchdown. But he had digs wide open underneath on that play. There were some others. And you say, well, you want Josh to be aggressive. And I agree. It's, it's a very fine line here. Because you don't want to balance. Yeah. You, you don't want to take that from Josh because he can make spectacular plays. But I think in this particular game against this particular opponent, which has an all-world defensive line that's been wreaking havoc on every offensive line in the league, including Buffalo's in Week 9, staying on schedule down and distance-wise, I think, was the priority in this game. And when the Bills were not staying on schedule, the balance tipped even more in favor of the Jets' defensive line, and that's when they ran into problems, Steve. So... And, and here's, here's the, the proof's in the pudding here. They go 2 of 13 on third down yesterday, right. 0 for 5 in the second half. Well, why? Because by not taking the checkdowns and staying on schedule, 7 of their 13 third downs yesterday were 3rd and 9 or more. Right. 3rd and 10, sack. 3rd and 16, did not convert. 3rd and 15, converted on the Josh scramble. 3rd and 9, did not convert. Third and 12, sack. Third and nine, did not convert. Third and 16, did not convert. The third and 15 Allen barrel roll scramble for 16 yards right. was one of just two third down conversions on the day. And when you're playing a defensive line of that caliber, you tilt the advantage so far in their yeah. favor, you make it almost you gotta impossible. Chip, you got to chip away at the first and 10. You're not trying to put them under duress at the back end of the defense. You're not trying to make them defend every blade of grass all the way back to the corners of the end zone just because your quarterback can throw it. You need, you need to chip away at first and 10, 
second and six, third and one. First and ten, second and five, first down. First and ten, second and three, third and one, first right. and ten. And here's, you got to keep doing that to in order to to stay on the field. And he, last night's night game was a perfect example of that. The Dolphins defended seventy four plays on defense last night because they couldn't get Justin Herbert off the field, mm-hmm. and they were gassed and they lost that game. That's what the bill a little bit of what the Bills can do to a, a front as potent as the New York Jets with eight guys, nine guys running through there. And that's what Josh Allen actually did in week three against the Dolphins front because Devin Singletary caught seven balls in that game because he was going to the checkdowns and they were matriculating the ball down the field and they did stick it in the end zone. They did turn it over once in their own end, but they're right in that game at the end. Here, and I'm not saying, look, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that Josh didn't take checkdowns at some point in this game. He did on the two scoring drives. So when he did go to the checkdown... They moved the ball and put it in the end zone. I, I mean, here's the, here's the proof. First and 10, Devin Sing, this is on the sixth possession of the game, their first touchdown drive. First and 10, Singletary, no gain on the carry. Second and 10, Singletary, four-yard check down catch. Third and six, Josh scrambles for five yards. So now it's fourth and one. They get the guys, they get the Jets to jump off sides. Fresh set of downs. McKenzie, short pass, run after, plus eight. Second and two, McKenzie, short pass, plus seven. You're at first and 10. Josh scrambles for 11 yards. First and 10 again, incomplete pass, but Khalil Shakir is held. Defensive holdings called. First down, Dawson Knox, 24 yards, touchdown. On that drive, because you took some short passes, you only had one third down to convert on that whole drive, okay? First possession of the second half. First and 10, incomplete. Throw was a little off the mark. Second and 10, underneath pass to Diggs. He turns it up the sideline for 32 yards after the catch. First and 10, Davis short pass for six yards. Second and four, incomplete, but there's defensive pass interference. First and 10 now, Hines, little check down pass, plus four. Your second and six, Davis short pass, plus eight. First and goal from the five, Josh Allen runs it in. When he took the check downs yesterday, they moved the ball and stuck it in the end zone. Well, and I'm not saying that's the approach every <clears throat> week, but against a defensive line of this caliber, get the ball out of your hands, let the playmakers get you yards, I'll say and this, live for so another down to stay on schedule. I think you're right. I think teams start to do things that are successful against other teams. So I think you can see the Bills are going to face defenses who are going to dare Josh uh, to take those. Um, it's a little bit like playing Mahomes and the Chiefs back when they had Tyreek Hill, and it's a little bit like the Dolphins. You keep a lid on it, and if they want to take the two-yard pass or the five-yard pass and take a chance on breaking a tackle and getting some yardage, do it. Um, and it works against Buffalo because Josh is so competitive. Josh wants to. Josh has got the arm to gun it in to some tight spots down right. the field, and that's good. Like, yeah, I don't because you're going to need it. your guy with that arm. To make some of those plays I think sometimes. one of the things Josh needs to do, though, is force him to say, hey, we're going to do it. We're going to take the short thing, and we're going to nick you to death with it. Well, and then was, as soon as you make a mistake, we're, I'm going I'm to get was, you for the big one, and which was, has happened in these other games. He was great at that the, the first four weeks of the season. <clears throat> That's he right. did it against the Rams early in the game, and then some other things opened up deep later in the game. They went 31-10, to 10, and they turned it over four times. And then That's in right. week two... They took a lot of short stuff to get the ball out of his hand. They waxed Tennessee. And then week three, 
They do the same thing against Miami, and they're right well, in the game at the end. They lose all their guys. And they have first. half a roster of players. They they're got, still right. in the game. That's right. They lose by two. Um, Baltimore. And they did some of that in Baltimore, second half. Pittsburgh, they didn't need to. They whacked them with these big couple of big plays, got out, and they never looked back. And Pittsburgh just wasn't up to it. Uh, the Chiefs, I think Josh did exactly that. They stayed on the field and, and played really good football against the Chiefs. And the Packers, they strangled those guys. Uh, and the same thing with the uh, the way they did the New England Patriots. At the end of that, the second half of that game, they were up. They weren't up big. They were up two scores. But you just had no doubt yeah. who was going to win that game. So I think you're getting to the point where for Josh and this offense, staying ahead of the sticks is becoming more and more important, particularly because you really got a pretty good defense. Yeah. And that other team is struggling over Your there. defense is getting healthier now. They're miles healthier than they were the last time the Bills saw the Dolphins. We know that. And, you know, Tredavious is back in the fold. He's still, you know, working his way back to true Tredavious. He's played, what, three games? Well, parts of three games. He played all of yesterday, but parts of two others. Um, and Poyer's back and healthy, thank goodness. You got Milano and Edmonds in the fold. Uh, Rousseau's back in the lineup and healthy. You know, all you're waiting on really is Jordan Phillips. That's the only guy you're you're really waiting on from your top eleven or twelve, thirteen players. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, I think Ken Dorsey's approach at the beginning of the season was efficiency in favor of explosiveness, and then they got to some explosiveness against some weaker opponents like the Steelers, and like, all right, let's go. Right. And then I almost feel like they fell victim to their own success and got away from some of that efficiency that kept them on the field so long and gave their defense a break. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if they just look at the last drive of the first half, first drive of the second half, they do that the whole game. They probably win far more comfortably than they did yesterday. They probably right. win like 24 to 10 again like they did against New England. Right. Um, it had that feel to it as well, and I know this game they only won by eight at the end. But you got the Dolph, or you've got the uh, Jets taking a field goal with less than two minutes to go, needing a touchdown and a two point to tie, and they're taking the field goal so they can have a chance because they they're on fourth and short. Were you surprised which, by the squib instead bit. of an onsides? Uh, a little bit, yeah. I was I, I didn't understand that. Uh, the, yeah. Did they? Do you think they were in a position where they were saying? I, I felt like Robert Sala with that kick was saying, "Well, we're going to pooch it because we know our defense is going to stop you again because you're not doing anything here in the yeah, second half." Yeah, they're going to play conservative. Yeah, and they did get the ball back. Mm -hmm. I mean, in fairness, they did get the ball back, um, which was another problem. Like, like the offense could not close out the game. That's right. And I think I mean, that's, they had three chances to do that's it. That's one of the things where you go back to you got to close out a game against a team that's built to beat you. That's hard to do, uh, and the you know the uh, that is when your offense, if you want to call those plays, take those checkdowns, and you feel confident in doing it because you've been yeah. doing it the whole game, and you're going to force the then you're going to force the Jets to do something they haven't done all game, sit on the short stuff. And, and dare you to throw it over the top. Well, and that's when you pop them on a double um, move. And, you know, Josh comes out and makes a poor throw to Dawson Knox on the bootleg, uh, on the first down, on the bootleg, uh, on the short yardage. You know, I, yeah, well, Josh also had a conversion and got tripped by C.J. Mosley, and there was no flag. I mean, he tripped him with his legs. Come on. Like Mitch Morse knocks him down, and he scissor kick trips him. I mean, it was, to me, it was 
I mean, as plain as the day is long. Yeah. No flag. Well, I didn't like. I I was hot after that play. <laughs> so there you go. I. Yeah, I, here's the thing. The Bills are 10-3. and three. They're the number one seed in the conference, and they did it playing the hardest schedule in the conference. Uh, and the only reason somebody might have had a harder schedule than the Bills did is because they're playing the Bills, and the Bills are playing them. And the Bills are better with their one-loss record. And the Bills um, got more help yesterday. And the, Bills, and the Bills were more injured than they've been in three years, too, and more injured than a lot of other teams around the National Football League. Oh, so through the, Bills the course are doing of the season, it, yeah. Through the course of the season. So the Bills have been injured and played the hardest schedule, and they're the one seed still in the AFC. And, they, they, and like you said, they got a little help last night with the L.A. Chargers beating Miami. Right. So now the Bills are two games clear of the Dolphins. The Dolphins still have the head-to-head tiebreaker. Um, that can obviously change on Saturday night if the Bills can get a win over the Dolphins and even the head-to-head matchup. That would also put them three games clear of the Dolphins with three games to play, which wouldn't necessarily mathematically clinch the division, but it would put them in a position where it would be very hard for them not to win the division. I mean, they'd have to completely fall on their face, and Miami would have to get on a roll uh, for that to happen. And I, you know, let's talk about Sunday night here a little bit as we go around the NFL, which is presented by Kaleida Health which, as you know, is the official health care system of the Buffalo Bills. And for the second week in a row, Tua Tagovailoa looked ordinary. Um, the San Francisco 49ers defense and the L.A. Chargers defense have given Bills defensive coordinator Leslie Frazier a lot to work with in terms of slowing down Tua. Um, the Niners are extraordinarily talented, and that was part of the problem for Tua two weeks ago. But last night, the Chargers, who were without Joey Bosa, Derwin James, J.C. Jackson, Sebastian Joseph Day, and one other starter whose name is escaping me. I, don't know. I can't remember either. Go. Put together <clears throat> a game plan for the ages. Brandon Staley coached circles around Mike McDaniel last night. And they had no answers. And essentially, the bulk of the game plan dealt with forcing Tua to throw the ball outside the numbers. They completely flooded the middle of the field with defenders. They made Jalen Waddell a non-factor in the game. I think he had two catches in the whole game. Uh, Tyreek got a lucky touchdown on a fumble scoop up on a scrum in the middle of the field. And the fastest guy, the ball squirts out to the fastest guy on the field, and he runs it in on a fumble for a touchdown. And then he he beat a DB for another long touchdown when the defensive back fell down on the play. The Dolphins scored 10 points yesterday because of the fumble, and it pops out to Tyreek Hill with nobody in front of him. He waltzes into the end zone from 57 yards out or something like that. I'm yeah. 51 yards out. It was a long run. Unbelievable run on a, squirt, on a ball that should have been going back to the Chargers because they forced a fumble, and there's like nine guys on it. The ball squirts out like it was a rugby scrum. He scoops it up, outruns everybody around the edge. That's a free touchdown they, that they gave up. Other than that, they score 10 points on the night. Right. That's, that's a great performance by the L.A. defense. Yeah. That, and Justin really Herbert is. outperformed Tua by a mile and then some. And Tua struggled. I mean, he, was, he had three completions at halftime. Oof. He was three <clears throat> for 17 passing at halftime, Steve. He ended up. 10 for 28. Yeah. That's a bad day. 145 yards with a TD. 
So and the TD and he had was trouble the, completing passes outside the numbers. So I don't want to say two has turned into a pumpkin, but the last two weeks have been rough for him. Yeah, there's there there's some people are there, whatever they're doing to him, um, it's working. And you got two different teams, the Chargers and the Niners, who took it to the Dolphins pretty good. They're pretty different teams. I don't think the Chargers' defense is anywhere near what the Niners' defense is. No, and I know, was they they still held him, Steve. To I seventeen was, points. Yeah, I was stupefied as to why the Dolphins did not run the football. The Chargers have not been able to stop any rushing attack whatsoever at any point this season, yeah. and yet they kept putting the ball in the air. I mean, they have guys that can run the football. I realize Jeff Wilson got hurt in the first half, went out with a hip injury, didn't return, and they had to ride Raheem Mostert, and maybe that was a factor in calling so many pass plays. But holy crow, like run the ball a little bit, yeah. give your quarterback a break this so is, it's not all on him. This stretch is exactly like the stretch they had earlier in the year where they went, they had scored 15 points against the Bengals, 17 against the Jets, and 16 against Minnesota and lost all three of those games. But that they've was scored, largely without Tua in the lineup. And they've also, in the last two games, they've scored 17 for, against the Niners and the yeah. Chargers, and they, they can't win. Yeah, doing that. They're, they're struggling. We'll take a break here, but we got plenty more to discuss with regard to the AFC conference race. We'll get into some details on that. And we also want to know from you your biggest takeaways from yesterday's victory over the Jets. It's One Bills Live here on a Buffalo Victory Monday. More coming up in just a second. Stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich, the step back three, you bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. All right, welcome back on this Buffalo Victory Monday. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you as the Bills are 10-3. and Double-digit wins for the fourth consecutive season. Last time that happened, the guy to my left was playing football. Um, at least here in Buffalo, anyway. Uh, the other thing that I think is worth mentioning here, Steve, before we get to some of the comments from you, the fans, on the tweet sheet about your biggest takeaways from Sunday's victory... The Bills not only have the best record in the conference, Steve, they have the highest strength of victory, and they have the highest strength of schedule. Not just in the conference, but in the league, Steve. Mm -hmm. In the entire league, there is no team with the highest strength of victory and the highest strength of schedule. 
The Bills have both of those things, and they have the best record in the AFC. So and they were injured. I just think it's worth mentioning. Yeah. Did you say that injured? Did you add that? I didn't injured? add that. Yeah. You did. And they were injured, uh, very injured. They lost a Hall of Fame pass rusher and a Pro Bowl safety for the season. Yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah, don't worry about the style points. Uh, they're still a team to beat. Uh, I think they're a well-rounded crew. They found ways to win a ton. They, I mean, <laughs> the narrative that they couldn't win close games, yeah, okay. That, that's idiotic now, too. I mean, you go, <laughs> they, yeah. they, they just... <laughs> I think the only so, argument I think the only argument you could make about yesterday's performance was that the offense maybe made life a little bit more difficult on themselves and their defense than they needed to. And that's due to execution issues primarily, and they said as much after the game. Dawson Knox was getting peppered with questions. Hey, are you concerned about this? Are you concerned about that? And Dawson said, Look, there are things that need to be a point of emphasis going forward that we have to address, but they're not concerns like oh my god we can't do this right it's just things that they'll watch the film they'll say here are the here are the things that cropped up in this game against the jets that could have been better let's work on making those things better in practice this week and hopefully we have an airtight performance against the dolphins on saturday right that's how they the sense i got from every player and even coach mcdermott after the game yesterday was look we know it wasn't, our, wasn't an airtight performance by any means. It's a division opponent. They know us. We know them. Everything wasn't perfect. It's hard to play a perfect game in the NFL. We'll make those things that came up and posed problems at times a point of emphasis. Hopefully we address them in the span of this practice week, and we look a hell of a lot better this week. Right. They're, listen, they, there's always, nothing's ever going to be perfect because you're playing against a bunch of really good players. Josh, I was telling you in the break, Josh became the first quarterback in history to have three seasons with 25-plus passing touchdowns and six rushing touchdowns. That Historic stuff. He broke a tie with Steve Young and Lamar Jackson to do that. He's the only player who's ever done it. Um, certainly this team offensively goes a lot like Josh Allen goes. If he stinks, they're going to stink. They're 10-3. And, and, and I'll give you an example. They should be 11-2. and two, and they couldn't execute a quarterback sneak because they're sent on a play where their center's got a bad wing, and they couldn't get the snap thing. And it, not only did they not execute it, it went catastrophically wrong. All they had to do is do a quarterback sneak for no gain, and they're eleven and two right now. Yeah. And this and I and here's the thing that shouldn't change the conversation at all, but it does. If they're eleven and two right now, what are people going to be saying? They're really tough to beat. Yeah. And that's that's something. That you got to remember, um, they are the team to beat, and they're very difficult to beat. They've had the roughest road to this point of any team in the league. They played the hardest schedule in the league. They played four home games. More injured than anybody. They played. They've had one or two. They've had two Sunday one o'clocks at home. Or is it five now? I think it's five now. <laughs> They had one, uh, let's see, one against Pittsburgh. Tennessee. One against Minnesota. Green they didn't Bay, get, that's Minnesota, it. it's five. No, it's five. no, 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 no. Green, yeah. Bay was, Green Bay was 820 at night. Oh, I'm not talking about one o'clock. So I was just talking about they, I mean. One, two, three, four, five. Okay. 
yeah, Sunday at one o'clock. They've had like two of those. They've had they had a couple of primetime games, certainly at home games and all that is cool. And they got one this week. Saturday, Sunday at one o'clock games are a rarity for this club because everybody wants to see them. There's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. I get it. Twenty to twelve, not a real sexy score. Yeah. Spare me the style points. We said we would tell you a little bit more about the conference race, so here goes with that. Obviously, you know that Buffalo sits atop the conference at ten and three. After winning yesterday, they have the tiebreaker edge over Kansas City, who also won. They beat Denver yesterday. They're also ten and three, but Buffalo beat them in the head-to-head this year. Baltimore won. They're nine and four. They're the third seed. Tennessee lost again, seven and six. Didn't look like the players felt too good about their general manager getting fired. They got trucked by the Jaguars yesterday. The game didn't sell out in Tennessee either. They're a team with a three-game lead in the division coming home to play, and nobody wanted to see him after they fired a general manager who's won four straight division titles yep. and has a three-game lead again, and they fired him. So the fans are like, going, well, what are you doing? Yeah. Cincinnati won again. They're now 9-4. and four. I believe they've won seven of their last eight games. I believe that's correct, but... They suffered some critical injuries. T. Higgins with a hamstring injury. Tyler Boyd, their slot receiver, also went out with an injury. Going to be very interesting. And they lost their pass rusher to a wrist injury, Hendrickson. So it's going to be very interesting to see who Cincinnati can put on the field this coming week. But they beat Cleveland, so they're 9-4. and four. Miami loses a second straight game at the Chargers last night. They're now 8-5. and five. They're the sixth seed. With the Chargers' victory, they knock the Jets out of the playoff picture. They leapfrog the Jets, seven and six record by virtue of their superior conference record at five and four. Jets have a conference record of five and five, so they're now in the eighth spot. And it gets even better: the Jets can be leapfrogged tonight if the Patriots beat the Cardinals on the road, because that would improve the Patriots to seven and six. They swept the Jets this year in head-to-head. So if they win tonight over Arizona, they would leapfrog the Jets and be the eighth seed going into Week 15. How about them apples? Mm-hmm. That's and in a weird, a wacky going. way, Jacksonville could be in the hunt for a playoff spot they, at 5-8. and eight. Well, in the hunt and having a chance – and having it be likely chances, two different things. Well, I mean, there's a, uh, yeah, I get it. But there, <clears throat> we knew it was coming, coming into the season, it was going to be a really difficult conference, particularly in contrast to the NFC, where you've got, where you've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at six and seven at the top of their division. You got two teams at seven, five, and one, Washington and the Giants uh, in the playoff hunt. Seattle's not there because they're seven and six instead of seven five and one. Ties matter, so you. I mean, there's a ton of teams that are just, you know, hanging on. Philly is obviously the class of the conference. They they clinched a playoff spot yesterday, winning their twelfth game. They're twelve and one. Um, yeah, they're not going anywhere. Yeah, they're scoring points at a big clip. Giants are sliding down the playoff seeds in the NFC. I think they've now lost three of their last four, and uh, they're in the seventh spot right now with the possibility of sliding completely out of the playoffs. Detroit is on the come. They are, like, screaming down the pike here. And here's (laughs) – 
You want that's a team that nobody wants to play right now. Guess who has them this week? The Jets. Granted, it's at MetLife Stadium, but that Lions team is a good group, yeah. and they got a strong offensive line that might be able to handle at least some of the time the yeah. Jets' defensive front, especially if they're without Quinn and Williams. It's interesting. Week. You get this this thing about the direction of these teams. Seattle is kind of sliding. Detroit is climbing. New York Giants, they're sliding. They've, they haven't won a game in a month. They have a loss to the Lions, a loss to the Cowboys. They tied the Commanders, and they lost to the Eagles. Yeah. And now they've got the Commanders again. The Commanders tie the Giants, go on a bye, come back, play the Giants. Woo! Weirdo. It, it, well, yeah, another quirk in the schedule. We but see there you week. go. I mean, so it's, it's the Giants. It's, it's interesting. You get this. It's just what you say. That you think they're, some of these teams are like, wow! The Giants were 7-2 and two three weeks ago or four weeks ago. Yeah. And now they're yeah. – so then – and you got, you know, Jacksonville starting to climb. Seattle is going sideways. Even Carolina's playing better football. Yeah. Yeah. They beat exactly. Seattle yesterday. Exactly. Exactly. With and Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. <laughs> Insert exclamation point here. Exclamation what? point is right. <laughs> well, maybe a question mark and an exclamation point. Yeah, uh, we have to take a break here. We're going to take your phone calls next. So Mark and Orchard Park, Kyle and Denver, hang tight. We'll get to you when we return here on One Bills Live. Stay tuned. Time for New York Lottery's biggest gift presented by who else? The New York Lottery. Dream big this season with holiday scratch off games for your chance to win up to one million dollars. Must be 18 years or older to purchase a lottery ticket. Please gift responsibly. Our gift was obvious. Jets linebacker C.J. Mosley jumping the gun, jumping off sides, going head over heels and tackling Dawson Knox long before he took the snap on fourth and one to give the Bills a fresh set of downs. Great call. Yeah, it was a gift, no question about it. Well executed. Um, it was. You could see, too, that the brilliance of it in getting giving the Jets the thought that they, had, they knew it was coming. Yeah. And... Knox sold it too, got in there quick like it was going to go fast, and uh, it worked I, to perfection. I wonder if the Jets knew that Dawson Knox was a former high school quarterback. Like, yeah, listen, probably not. But uh, 75% of the NFL players you'll ever see are former all quarter, quarterbacks yeah. at some point. Uh, I, I think Knox was more excited that he drew them off sides on that than he was for his touchdown later well, that, in the drive because he's double high-fiving He guys. said it. He, he said it after. It's one of the all-time favorite plays in his career, uh, drawing them off sides, getting he under center. He was so happy. Well, think about it, man. The guy got clotheslined, too. I mean, he got he, he goes did. under the center. He and paid C a price for C it. C.J. Mosley, like, pulled no punches. And yeah, he got his money's worth. Yeah, he got his money's worth yeah, for the five yards. Sides, let me... um, huge moment in the game, as it turned out, because that was the Bills' Touchdown drive right before halftime. Nobody was scoring any points in this game. The Bills go up seven nothing, and it felt at that time like they went up twenty one nothing. So uh, right. big play, and that was the gift of the game. New York Lottery's biggest gift. Let's go to the phones at eight zero three zero five fifty one eight 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 five fifty two five fifty. And as promised, we lead off with Mark in Orchard Park. What do you got for us, Mark? Here on One Bills Live. Hey, how are you, guys? Good. Today? Good. Well. Uh, I've talked to you a few times over the years and uh, been watching, you know, the Bills since the early 60s, and uh, so I'm a vet on this. And my big question right now is uh, Devin Singletary. We had the opportunities to run the ball in between the tackles, which on a few occasions he gained yards. 
But when he's only got eight carries, you know, going into this game, and Josh has 10, and I look and I go back to last year with Brian Dable, the, the guy can play. The last six, eight games of last year, Motor did what he needed to do for the Bills, and that takes the pressure off of Josh Allen. I cringe when I see him running this late in the year and having that many carries. It's it's a disaster that's going to happen. You're worried about him getting hurt, I'm guessing, is what you're saying? Well, hey, we want Josh to have the ball and to do everything. He can. But what I'm saying is, is it seems that Ken Dorsey right now is he doesn't have a lot of faith in – our running backs, and I know he put James Cook in there, but what the Jets were doing, they're so fast on defense, we're running, you know, all these wide sweeps and everything. It, we could have ran between the tackles. They, the, the tackles were way on the outside, and I think we could have ran the ball a lot better. You're yeah. saying when they were playing the wide nine, the middle of the yep. line was open. Exactly. That's what you're – okay. Right. Exactly. All right. I mean, it's not a it's not a bad point to make. I get what you're saying. The past three weeks, the Bills were running the tar out of the ball. Actually, last week was their season high, 37 carries. Um, That was against a defensive front that pales in comparison to that of the Jets, in my opinion. So that's argument number one against your point. But, yeah, you want to run it a little bit more, choose some time off the clock. They tried to do it at the end of the game and couldn't. Right. I mean, they had three kicks at it to salt the game away. Didn't do it. Couldn't do it. That's right. Uh, yeah, and there's your there's your answer. Um, they end up doing a play action bootleg, and Josh tries to get it out to Dawson Knox, and he he can't get there because the guy has time to recover, and and Josh doesn't make a perfect throw. Uh, he probably could have tucked it and ran um, as well, but yeah, I, I get it. I I've always done this, and we always get calls like Mark and and I and your your opinion's valid, no question about it. But I know this. Um, I really hesitate to criticize play calling um, in any way, shape, or form because there's so much that goes into it that we don't know about. Right. And certainly after the fact, it's like, and I'll say it again, Marv Levy always just say, yeah, of course, after the fact, if it didn't work, you should have done the other thing. I get it. Well, that's the way it is. And it's easy enough to throw darts at play selection after it doesn't work. But this is a team that won by a a touchdown yesterday and – continues to be the top team in the conference. Uh, so I'm, yeah, I get it. I, I, I am, I'm a former player. Let me just tell you, most of the problems this offense has has to do with the guys wearing the helmets, not the ones wearing the headsets. I was just going to say that. It's, an, it, it, it's been more an execution issue, for, at least as I, what my eyeballs say, more of an execution issue than it is a play design or play call issue. And I think most of the players would agree with that. Assessment. Absolutely. I mean, that – Josh throwing that, uh, yeah. And, and if a lot of it does fall on Josh, no question, but you also got guys dropping balls all yeah. over the place. But that's execution, too. That, uh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. The, yeah. the got, you know, Josh could make a better decision, throw to a more open receiver, take an easier completion, um, and guys could maybe catch the ball when it's there. And I get it, like the John Brown catch. That was a tough catch because Josh threw it on the run and didn't get it right where it would have been an easier catch, you know, but if, you know, making a contested catch would be really nice once in a while to help your team out. Um, 
or making a tough catch going backwards if you're Isaiah McKenzie on a third and 16 and you're past the sticks and you, you bobble it out of bounds. Devin Singletary bonking one off his chest on a, on a wide swing. I mean, yeah, May, say what you want about the play selection. Let's let's catch it and, you know, and make the right throw, and then we'll talk about play selection. we got to take a break here as we are up against the clock, and we do so because coming up next, here to make his weekly appearance, resident member of Bill's Mafia and NFL Network analyst Michael Robinson. He was tweeting during the game yesterday. We'll get his thoughts on Buffalo's 20-12 victory next here on One Bills Live, presented by Collida Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love. Hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 